finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, it was very nice of the President of the United States. He said the masters can do what they want to do, even though even though there's been some pressure to move it out of Augusta, which would never, ever happen. Joe Biden, unlike with MLB, said they can make their own decision, and they've decided to go ahead and play. And this is Masters Weekend, and we're very, very excited. They're going to get asked. The players are already asked about the Georgia voting law, and we'll, we'll play you some of that and their answers, and we'll play you. More lies from Joe Biden talking about Georgia and talking about Major League Baseball moving their game. Those cowards will give you more of the fallout from that. Uh, Also, Deshaun Watson, it ain't going well. As predicted, the victims are lining up to tell their stories. That's not good for Deshaun. He He ain't playing at the beginning of next season. And maybe, you know, maybe there's some jail in his future because we'll play the victims and they so far are pretty convincing and also united airlines promises half their pilots will be uh, women or people of color or other minorities and i'm not sure that's the most important thing when you're flying on a jet and a red eye through over the atlantic and going through turbulence i'm not sure many passengers are happy that they're pilot was there to fill a quota but hey we'll say we'll give you all of uh, the uh, what uh, what united airlines had to say and uh, some of the reaction to on today's callahan podcast brought to you as always by dcu do you love your car but it's your car payment no problem refinance your car today with dcu and they can help lower your monthly payment lower your interest rate or both applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from dcu learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA. 
membership required. Hi, Colleen, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Right, it is Wednesday, uh, April 7th. That is uh, Master's Wednesday. That is Par Free Day, which I used to think was ridiculous. Who cares about these guys goofing around, playing a little Par Three with their kids and their girlfriends out there on the course? And now I can't wait to watch them hit the ball across the pond and try to. Did you see John Rom did that yesterday? Uh, across the pond, back. Pinned back in the green, and he got a hole in one. These no, guys, no, that yeah. was last year. Wasn't that last year? Was it last year, I, don't know. I saw the video. Yeah, last year. It's got to be last year because they yeah. do it today. But God bless him. That's right. He's not playing. He just had a baby. Yes, John Rom. Oh, um, um, congratulations, John Rom. He's a oh, new wait dad. A wait a minute. You're not going all Felger on me, are you? Right now, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We we need the content. Right. Um, as everyone does when they see, they just look for the the golf wife. Everyone loves to see golf wives because they no one no one uh, outkicks their coverage like PGA professionals. Nobody uh, marries strictly on looks and a physical appearance like. PJ professionals, God bless them. We will, uh, we will see what happens this week. I think the Masters will have great ratings. I'm not sure what the all-time great ratings are with the Masters and if they can even touch those anymore without Tiger. But it feels like there's a lot of people who are going to watch with a vengeance, like me, because the Masters, of course, did not buckle, did not bow to the corporate pressure, unlike baseball. And I should say here before we get go any further on the masters and by the way, on all the latest insane um, culture stories, there's a couple that are just in, in just bizarre and, and amazing, but we should thank our president, our 46th president, Joe Biden. He took a few minutes yesterday to give the masters, to give Augusta national permission to go ahead and play the tournament. He was asked, about obviously M- M- major league baseball moving the all-star game he continued to lie lie and lie about georgia he said uh, jim crow again yesterday the thing has been refuted been been uh, debunked for how long now three days four days totally debunked it's not jim crow it's not voter suppression it's not worse than colorado in fact it's much better then places like Delaware, which has no early voting, or New York, or most places have you know similar voting laws. Georgia d- is doing nothing racist, no voter suppression. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden is just going to lie and hope and, and trust that the media will continue to cover for him and carry his water as they always do. But he said there, there's still you know that the, the jo- Georgia, by the way, which. Put him in the White House, let's be honest. That was a very key win for him. A formerly uh, reliably red state, went blue, elected this feeble old man, and got him the Senate. He, they won both Senate seats. Two radical left-wingers were, were voted to the Senate, giving him the Senate, the House, the White House. And what does this ingrate do? He turns around, calls on MLB to yank the All-Star game, screws over Thousands of, of, of Atlantans, small business people, restaurants, uh, Uber drivers, takes $100 million in, in business away from them and gives it to, to Colorado, which has, in some ways, less strict, uh, I mean, more strict voting laws. But anyway, we've covered that ground while, again, denouncing 
um, ML, uh, denouncing the people of Georgia, lying about the voting laws of Georgia. He said he was asked about the masters and I was wondering how he would handle this because he clearly does not mind sticking his nose in other people's business. MLB, as I mentioned yesterday, in announcing the move to Colorado, actually referred to the president's uh, the statements. So they're actually using what the president said, the lies he told about Georgia, in justifying the move from Georgia to Colorado, from, a, from Atlanta, which is 52% black, to Denver, which is 9% black. It's an insane move. It's good that MLB's getting kicked in the head over it by everybody. Uh, you know, everybody left of, you know, to the right of Joy Reid is, is uh, uh, um, criticizing um, Rob Manfred, member of Augusta, and others. But so Biden's asked about it, and he says, that's up to the masters. Wait, 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 wait. You said you had an opinion on MLB. You actually said people in business he said for-profit companies it's good to see them taking a stand on social issues so he's encouraging corporations and i don't think they even need his encouragement they're so afraid of the mob they're all get they're all meddling in the business of these you know, the local issues and he says well what do you think about the masters should they boycott should they move it he says it's up to them and i'm like really so you're allowing the masters to make their own decision but not mlb I'm not sure, you know, why he's picking and choosing, or someone's doing it for him. But it was nice to see him give the uh, give the Masters the the go ahead, the green light to go ahead and play the little tournament. Mr. President, do you think the Masters golf tournament should be moved out of Georgia? I think that's up to the uh, the Masters. Look, uh, you know, um, it is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. There's another side to it, too. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people who need the help the most, people who are making hourly wages, sometimes get hurt the most. I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make. Good. So he's acknowledging the people that are getting hurt, these small businesses, African-American owned and operated businesses getting hurt the most, but he doesn't care. And he continues to lie about the people of Georgia, about the laws of Georgia. And by the way, you know, I mean, is he not... Mm, deteriorating before our eyes is he not getting slower and more uh, just weaker i mean it just that that's just an average day and he's, uh, by the way for profit there was definitely a a let me pause and think about what i'm about to say i just got blamed by the mlb because they're listening to me so now i don't want the same thing to happen with the masters how do i pull this off and he's, he's thinking about it in the moment but he's encouraging more of this. And we saw the list of companies. It's incredible. The list of corporations. There's, I'm going to guess, it goes alphabetical. There's a couple of hundred corporations denouncing the people of Georgia. The people of Georgia because they want to look at IDs from voters and avoid, eliminate voter fraud. For that, every major corporation in America, everyone you know, short of Mike Lindell and my pillow is denouncing the people of Georgia 
but the man leading this mob is the president of the United States. He talks about being antithetical to what we believe in. That is antithetical for you to meddle in local issues that aren't uh, racist, that aren't Jim Crow. That you're, I mean, you're just trying to uh, get your way. And I'm glad you didn't. And I don't think, I think a lot of these um, uh, red states, a lot of these Republican governors are determined to dig in their heels and fight you on these issues because the public is with them. I mean, the general public believes that you should look at a voter ID. They believe in voter law, you know, eliminating voter fraud. Guys like Biden, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, he's he's president if he doesn't, if they don't have lax voting laws all because of allegedly because of the pandemic it worked out for him and now he's hoping they're hoping to uh, grasp hold of uh, power for in, indefinitely and to do that they need to you know find ways to you know cheat we'll see we'll see but the masters is getting played we uh, uh, and and i'm not surprised by this i knew it would be an issue as soon as these guys arrived in augusta and faced the media they would be asked about, you know, whatever, you know, black lives matter. Do you think, you know, what do you think of the voting laws in, uh, in Georgia? You think it's Jim Crow on steroids? You think it's Jim Crow 2.0? You knew it was coming. They, uh, and, and of course, uh, you, I could have told you who was going to do this, who was going to pursue this angle, this issue, Christine Brennan of USA today, just the most, uh, what I would call most predictable, um, boilerplate left-wing, you know, alleged journalist. Everything is just what you'd expect from from her, or from someone at USA Today. And she went down there and asked some of the guys about uh, about uh, the issues, the voting laws, the suppression, the Jim Crow, uh, Jim Crow 2.0. And the, I mean, you're gonna ask anyone about the this golfers. I shouldn't say golfers would be the last. The, the, a lot of athletes would be the last person to get even give a thought to local voting laws. You know, if they don't live there, they don't. They, I mean, their whole focus is the next you know tournament, the next shot, and they're all in fear. They all totally in fear of the mob, just like everybody else. They don't want to appear callous or certainly not racist, and they want to sound enlightened, but they don't care. Do you think Rory? Mac she asked Rory McIlroy, uh, Colin Marikawa about you know, voting laws in Georgia. What do you think they really spend 10 seconds no. reading up, understanding the issues? And, and maybe that's what she wants. She wants some ignorant to denounce Georgia that doesn't understand the laws that doesn't understand. It's not Jim Crow or even know what Jim Crow is, but she asked the guys and they answered. And then of course they were polite and uh, we do not have a controversy yet, but we might, as this thing goes on, because it's we've reached that point where if you don't have, you know, if 50% of the guys playing aren't, you know, people of color or, or women, I think they, they came up short. We need to have but also you let, you let Christine Brennan in, right. You allowed her to ask the questions and they answered the questions. So now she's moderately empowered, right? Cause we were both talking before True. the show. I, we had to seek this out. We didn't see a lot of buzz on social media. So to the point where the masters are doing a good job controlling that situation but now that she kind of got it i would assume it's going to take a life of its own obviously the chairman's going to speak today too that's so true he and he'll be, answer it so he'll be asked he'll be peppered with questions because she's there and there'll be others who will show up down there god knows anyone from espn or sports illustrated anybody from virtually any big city newspaper major market newspaper i mean they're all 
dying, but they're all, you know, woke. So they will absolutely be asking about membership, about representative, uh, you know, uh, from the whatever various uh, minority groups. It's going to be an issue. I'm sure the, the whatever his name is, Ridley, is prepared, and he'll handle it fine, just like the players did. But that's all these people want to do. They want these players and whoever, executives down there, the chairman, to do what Biden did. They want them to lie about the people of Georgia. They want them to lie about the people of America. They want everyone to be racist and everyone to be divided. That's what Biden did. He divided everybody along racial lines. He did it dishonestly, and he got away with it because, you know, he's Joe Biden. But uh, who do we have um, – any of the pl- what? What yes. plans do we have? I mean, Rory, Rory's pretty. That's that's the big. I mean, Phil's big too. But let's go to let's hear what Rory's answer was first. Right. This is to Christine Brennan of the USA Today. Rory, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, outside of the gates here, the state of Georgia has been in the news recently for its controversial new voting law. And uh, Major League Baseball just last week pulled the All-Star Game, of course, out of Atlanta. So, with that in mind, is your sport doing enough to combat this law? especially with the game's stated efforts on diversity and inclusion? Thanks. Yeah, I think so. Look, I, I, I have to be respectful and somewhat careful about what I say as I'm not a citizen of this country, but I certainly, um, I think all great countries and democracies are built on equal voting rights and everyone being able to get to the ballot box as easily as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all I can really say on it. I, I think I thought the PGA Tour put out a great statement um, at the start of this week about it all. Like we, as a PGA Tour member and as a golfer, you know, we go to a lot of different communities. And I think we, you know, obviously the Tour Championship is is in Atlanta. But I think what the PGA Tour have done with the East Lake Foundation and, and the, the rejuvenation project that's happened in that community in Atlanta has been a, a wonderful thing that the PGA Tour has been involved with. So um yeah, look, I'm look, I'm all for getting people to to get out and vote and 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 to have a great democracy and and you know I I've chosen to live in this country because I believe this country is the best country in the world. So Ooh. and you know I Ooh. they don't yeah. like that, Christine. <laughs> they don't. What are you talking about? The best country in the in the world? Don't you know we're going back to Jim Crow? I love the question again, Christine Brennan. Not the smartest uh, journalist out there absolutely 100% predictable. Everything she says and writes, it's all about whatever social justice. Her question is, is the PGA tour doing enough to combat this new law? I mean, God, Rory McIlroy is pretty smart though. He does. He knows how to, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't step in at all. But we, we got to be kind of hypocrites too, right? We're calling out Christine Brennan, but we want him to fall on his face. Let's be honest. Like we want of him. Course, to- of course, it's much more. You were playing some of the questions uh, uh, in the interviews before we started recording. It's all about the grass. Yeah, launch angle. Launch angle. <laughs> it's all about, they always ask about the softness. Will the greens hold? And it's like, okay, <clears throat> can we get to something good here? Something notable. But she, she, and the, the correct answer is, why would we combat a law? First of all, I don't live here. I don't even live, I'm not even a citizen of the country. And you think I'm supposed to combat the laws which the duly elected legislators and the governor passed. Laws that make all the sense in the world. Not to brainless liberals like this woman, but she wants these guys to say, yes, we're combating the law. Well, first of all, 
they, what right do they, does a guy from you know uh, Northern Ireland have to combat laws in Georgia because he comes in there for five days to play a tournament? Secondly, does does anyone, I mean, I know it was Peter Ducey talking to Biden, and he's the only guy that asked tough questions. He's it. He's alone on an island now. But the Masters doesn't move. The Masters doesn't go anywhere. If the if if they canceled it, that's one thing. If they, whatever, players refuse to play. But the Masters is not like other tournaments. It doesn't move somewhere else. It's just a silly question. You could ask about the Tour Championship, which is in September, correct? And yep. it's in Georgia. It's in Atlanta. And that'll be an issue, of course, because, you know, the players haven't done enough to combat the law. But they can ask about the Tour Championship. Asking if the Masters is moving is just idiotic. I mean, think certain things don't move. And, you know, the which can you can you criticize that in any? That was a good answer. If if I'm you know advising him, or if that's me, I'm thinking I I got out of that. I escaped that. But he does bring up the PGA Tour. I mean, they're at the Masters right now, and the to your point, the Masters aren't moving. Right? They literally do not move. So and they would never. I mean, it, it wouldn't, whatever happened, they they wouldn't move. Them. I mean, there aren't many things that are permanent. I was going to say like a ro the Rose Bowl. You know what? You know what moved last year? The Rose Bowl moved. It moved to Texas. So, I mean, I guess you could say the Players Championship in uh, in St. Augustine in Florida that doesn't move. But not many sporting events never move. The Masters is one of them. They would never move under any circumstances. It's just a dumb question, and they're not the type to ever bow to corporate pressure. God bless them. Can't wait to watch every minute for the next four or five days. But it is, we've reached the point of, of, of parody. It's, I, I'm telling you, the first thing when I get up this morning, you know, I get online, I start uh, seeing what's going on, what did I miss last night? And, you know, I try to stay on top of the news as much as, as much as possible, as much as anyone. I do my best. Um, and you get up and there's this tweet that's kind of gone viral. Um, and it's, uh, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of right-wingers are, are mocking it, including me. And it's, but it's, it's amazing. It's from, uh, United Airlines, the official account, blue check mark of United Airlines. Here's the tweet. Yeah. You can pop it up so I can read it. Our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. That's why we plan for 50% of our 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be women or people of color. Learn more and apply today. Learn more. It sounds like a uh, a credit card company. Learn more and apply today. So United Airlines, which is a big airline that buys big jets all over the world, is committing to make sure half the people that they hire to fly their planes must be women or people of color. And you're thinking... I assume they're thinking this is, again, they're throwing, you know, they're, they're showing the mob that they're on board with any, you know, social engineering that they're, that they're demanding. The mob is demanding. But it seems to me we've lost our way when something as important as flying the plane is going to be based, not entirely, but partially on immutable characteristics, your, your race, your sex, your gender, your, your skin color that's going to be a deciding factor. And you could say, well, they're all, all the, you know, half the pilots. So they're going to hire 5,000 pilots. So 2,500 will be <clears throat> people of color. 
that's fine. I mean, if there's, I mean, if it's a tie and, and you use it as a deciding factor, that's one thing. But this is, you know, by definition, there will be pilots who are skilled and, and who have all the ability to fly the plane better than someone else will lose the job because they're the wrong skin color or sex. That is a fact. And I'm not saying planes are going to suddenly start falling out of the sky. I'm sure there's plenty of good pilots of color and pilots, female pilots, but there'll be some white guy who's better than a woman or a person of color who will lose the job because this is a quota. I mean, it is by definition a quota and I'm not sure they don't, they don't give a shit about the quota. They give a shit about tweeting out the fact that they created it so they can virtue signal to each and every one of us Americans. That's it. That's all they it is, and, it, and I understand if somebody, whatever, says, if you say, you know, Coke, if you're Coke or you're uh, some you know, Amazon, you say, we're going to hire, you know, we're going to make an effort to hire more women or people of color to work in our warehouses or drive our trucks or even work in the office. But when you're telling people who fly, that the people up in the cockpit who's getting you through that turbulence and, you know, you're going over the Atlantic ocean on a red eye and you're going through turbulence. Do you think there's anybody, it could be the, could be the craziest social justice warrior. It could be Ayanna Presley sitting back in coach and you're hitting a rough patch. Is anyone saying, God, I hope the pilot is a person of color or a woman or a, a, a minority in any way. I mean, are they just saying, I hope I have the best pilot available. If there's, there's just got to be certain, livelihoods, certain vocations where nothing matters, but skill. As I mocked this thing on Twitter this morning, you know, I said, your move mass general. I mean, do you promise that half the brain surgeons will be hired based on their immutable physical characteristics rather than strictly on skill and ability? And that's obviously a big snarky wisecrack. But what if you were told your surgeon, your child surgeon, your whatever, your heart surgeon, your brain surgeon, your eye surgeon was a person hired over another person because they had certain immutable characteristics that that company, whether it's a airlines or a hospital, was looking to hire. They were looking to fill certain quotas because the, let's see, the flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. Well, why don't you have, you know, as, as other people have, have mocked this one, I mean, are we going to have blind pilots? Are we going to have pilots who, you know, dropped out of high school? Because there's a lot of people who fly planes that didn't graduate from high school. Hell, they're kids. Want to have kids? You know, <laughs> I mean, there's certain jobs that just should be strictly based on merit, period. And if you make an effort, like I say, to break the tie, because these two people are both amazing and they both aced the test and they both did their hours in the air. And one of them is, you know, a, a woman of color. And the other guy is some blue blood white guy. And you say, you know what, we're going to bump her up and, and give her a chance. You'd say, that's fine. Yep. When you literally say we're making this decision based on physical characteristics, skin color, gender, I'm not sure who you're serving. I'm not sure who wants that. I'm not sure who's happy about that. And if, if, you know, maybe some professor at, uh, you know, Wesleyan says that's a good thing, but what about the person in coach or the person, 
know, whatever, in the plane right now with their family? Are they saying good? Good. I'm glad we filled all those quotas. It just well, how do you how do you how do you word your suggestion there in kind of the tiebreaker mentality? How do you word that in the tweet so that you get a thousand? That's a good. See, you know what? The answer is you don't. You don't. This is so clear, clearly virtue signaling. This is the definition of virtue signaling, and I'm not sure they'll get you know one person saying good for you for every thousand that marked them and it's that's typical let's see they got uh, 822 likes so far and uh thousands of they got thousands of quote tweets and likes and most of the people i'm looking at are saying could you just hire the best people yep but you can't you can't say you hire the best people but you know we'd really like to get more women and people of color involved what you should do is say you know we have a training program and you know we're encouraging people of color and women and and, and minorities to uh tr to train or give it a shot that's what, they, that's, say, what they're saying, that's what they're saying in reply to people just so you know right. their reply to people is all the all the highly qualified candidates we accept into the academy regardless of race or sex will have met or exceeded the standards we set for admittance. That's their canned response to everybody who, who shit talks. Think, and, and I realize these are anecdotal, but I've seen some people. What if Sully Sullenberger were the last cut because he's an old white guy and didn't get the nod? Do you think the person who got the job instead of him would have landed on the Hudson, saved all those lives? I mean, <laughs> these are there could be at some point real world consequences maybe you know we will never see it or hear it but there got to be people in the company or in the business in the airline saying this is really not the spot we want for social engineering again it's like the navy seals the navy seals are open to women they can try out they can give it a shot do you know how many i don't know it's been this way for years now do you know how many women have qualified to be navy seals zero there has yet to be one and i i know there are people in the military now who have seen it lately the you know the, the the whole social justice movement has infected every walk of life except the masters and uh including the military and now we have generals whose judge whose job is inclusion and diversity and they're trying to find ways to you know, obviously they're trying to purge the the military of trump voters MAGA guys and they want more diversity and but they can't do it in certain places. And that would be, and the Navy SEALs would be one of them because it's so hard to qualify. They said, give it a shot, women, give it a shot, anybody, give it a shot. And they haven't done it because it's strictly on merit and it requires lots of physical strength and stamina. And, you know, I know this is kind of an antiquated observation, but men are stronger men are have more muscle and men are bigger so they have an advantage over women and uh their their make up all our navy seals these days they're all men and i'm not sure how many are white and black or whatever asian but they're all men and if the navy seals comes out and says we're committed to 50 percent of our, our ranks be women you'd say okay then it's not going to be as a throat as a as a ferocious a fighting force a quality a, the quality will suffer because it requires more physical strength plus there are certain things that men are um drawn to you know certain fields i know that's been a controversy that's what larry summers said when he was president of harvard asking about the lack of women 
in science or engineering. I, I don't know exactly what he said. And he lost his job because, yeah, there just aren't as many females who are attracted to these, drawn to these professions or to these um, majors in college and these, and these livelihoods. There are more men who want to be engineers or more men who want to be scientists and fewer females. And he, I believe he was forced to resign, but I think he was just telling the truth. He just looking at the numbers and say, listen, listen, men have more interest in these fields and, and women have more interest in other fields can't do that in this day and age certainly not i have no i have no problem i have no problem to your point i have no problem with them bragging about the fact that they're trying to recruit people of color or even in your situation with you know navy seals or something try to recruit women see if they can do it but to actually base you know instead of on merit to base it on whether it be skin color or gender or whatever that's where we get we start getting into problems especially when safety and things like that are involved but they're going to get killed for this but doesn't matter the cor corporate america has has essentially already rolled over for the for this movement, and it's strictly out of self-preservation. We know that now. And, and locally, you put a BLM sign in your window, and you hope they don't, you know, come for you next. Nationally or internationally, you say we're hiring lots of minorities, and we are you know, we want no IDs for voting. You know, we want whatever the mob is demanding. We're in because we're into self-preservation. I'm not sure how that works in the long run because why Why can't Coke or whatever company, why can't they just stay out of it? If you ask the, the CEO of Coke, <clears throat> who by the way is in London, he's not in Atlanta, and you say, you know, what's your feeling on this? Why can't the CEO of Coke say, I don't wanna get involved? Yeah. <laughs> That's local. That's, you know, local election laws. We're an international company, a huge company. We would rather not. Uh, stick our nose in their business. I guess that doesn't satisfy placate the mob. So you can't do it, but this is going to get much, much worse before it gets better. Every day there'll be a, a corporation rolling over and saying, you know, we're hiring whatever X number of minorities, women, whatever, you know, we are, we're against voter ID. We're, we're in favor of the green new deal. We're, you know, whatever the infrastructure <clears throat> already you held this crazy pork filled infrastructure bill, $2 trillion bill, which I think the number that goes, the amount that goes into actual infrastructure is 5%. The rest is just, you know, pork and spending out of control spending. And Jeff Bezos has already come out and said, Amazon supports this pork barrel spending extravaganza and we need it, you know, because of in infrastructure. They just lie about it. Say it's about the roads and bridges when they know it's not. But you have to play along if you want to. I think they think they have to play along to survive in corporate America. But we'll see. Someone else will do it tomorrow. You watch. But let's get, so we love shitting on people in these situations because it's it's way more fun. But we can give credit, and I know it doesn't matter as much because he's because uh, they're gone. But the former MLB commissioner, did you see their op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yesterday? The former MLB commissioner just saying how ridiculous it was. It was a great who who are we talking about? Dave, Dave, Dave Vincent said Dave Vincent still yeah. around. Didn't yes, Major League Baseball can't become a weapon in the culture wars. Wars a hostage for one political party or ideology. Wow. That's you know, and, so you got to give credit to people that come out, and you know that probably absolutely. And I do think, and I said it before, it will backfire. This will, this already has backfired. I think 
the, it's hard for people to give up football, to give up the NFL. They just, they love it. It's easy to watch once a week, three hours a week. Baseball takes a commitment and there are people who were on the fence after last season. They easily ignored last season during COVID and they were on the fence. Should I dive back in? Do I really want to in, invest in this baseball team? And what Manfred did was give them another reason to just say, to just pass. I'm pass. You know, good luck to you. You know, if you're in the playoffs, the World Series, I'll check in. But right now, I'm not interested in devoting three or four hours a night to this baseball team the way I used to do. This is a mistake. I think it'll backfire on Rob Manfred, who, by the way, is the weakest and most pathetic commissioner I think I've ever seen. It took him 10 minutes to roll over. And now... It just, he's going to face um, more questions such as, are you giving up your membership to Augusta? He hasn't answered that yet, but someone will force him to because it's never enough. You can't placate the mob with one move, even if it's a big move like pulling out the All-Star game. The next question is, you got the Atlanta Braves play 81 games in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta is obviously like, you know, a relic from the 1870s. It's Jim Crow on steroids. It's a place full of evil, vile racists and Klansmen. That's what Peter Gammon said. He said the, the commissioner's a Klansman. I mean, the, the governor's a Klansman. How can you justify the Atlanta Braves playing 81 games there, Mr. Commissioner? I mean, that 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 invertebrate is not going to know how to handle that question. And he sure as hell can't tee it up Augusta like anytime soon. Although, wouldn't it be a great picture if he playing in Augusta, he's playing with three other old white guys and the caddies are all black and you know people parking their cars are black and say gee what happened to our our new favorite social justice warrior commissioner he's that's, what, uh, that's what fred ridley should do today when he's asked about it he should say you know i haven't spoken to to rob manfred since i think he played here a couple weeks ago right. you, know, you should do something like that where it's yes and 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 you know just say he, he told me he loved the place and couldn't wait to come back. He's such he's such a hypocrite and a phony. But it's really not about the truth. It's just like with Biden. It's not about. It's about this narrative and and it's about uh, uh, forcing people to do what you want them to do with pressure. And Biden, like all Democrats, will always have the woke mob on their side. That's the job of the media these days to serve as the media wing of the woke mob so they know if they can if they decide it's it's, it's curious to me is what they will get involved in next because there'll be other issues it's not just voting rights there'll be other stories other issues i mean they're this transgender thing is taken off in lots of red states as we saw yesterday the uh, governor asa hutchison vetoed a bill that would have outlawed giving you know puberty blockers to children the the governor vetoed it, kind of like what Christy Nome did in, in South Dakota. The legislature overrode the veto, so it's a law. Arkansas is the first state to ban uh, the, the the use of puberty blockers and and uh, chemical castration for children. God bless them. Hat off to Arkansas. But the the um, governor vetoed it because of corporate pressure. Because they, the theory is the Waltons, you know, Walt, uh, Walmart pressured them, and and in Christy Nome admitted the NCAA and Amazon pressured her to not sign the bill. So that's a big issue. That's a huge issue with, with right-wingers, with conservatives, Christian conservatives. They're not going to take that lying down. If you think that's the next battleground, 
it's going to get uglier than anything you're seeing right now with Georgia. If they pressure MLB and NFL and whatever, PGA, along with all the other corporations to take a stand on this big transgender issue, man, it is going to get ugly. And we know, we know what side all the big corporations will come down on. And it's not the, the one that uh, the, the, it's not the popular one among the people. It's the woke one among the media. So that's my prediction. That'll be an issue. It already is an issue. And we'll see what Rob Manford thinks of it. Rob Manford, do you think children, you know, 10 year old kids should be given puberty blockers if they're confused about their gender? Um, I'd love to see someone ask Rob Manford that, or, you know, ask whatever as players when they, LeBron, ask LeBron about that. See how he handles it. It's going to get, it's going to get dicey. And I look forward to it because, you know, um, you know, they, they can't just pick and choose their battles. If they want to get political, bring it on. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining all systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man- manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800 800- 696 SHEA. That's 800 696 S H E A. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. All right, we got a couple things, a couple more things to get to. Cullinane, Tom Brady's speaking this morning with Michael Strahan, and he's talking about his new NFT venture. If yep. you don't know if you don't know what NFT is, you know, come to me. I'm an expert on this. I spent like <laughs> you're I big spent like 10 minutes reading about NFTs. You're a big non-fungible, fungible? Not, uh, you know, that's the big question. What does it stand for? But I have to admit, I spent a non-fungible, uh, what's the T stand for? Uh, tokens. Tokens. I spent hours, because I have a friend who's into this, and he's trying to you know, uh, teach me. And so he sends me stories, read this, read this. And I said, one day I'm going to dedicate like an hour. And I read all about Bitcoin and NFTs. And when I was done, I was more confused than ever. I just know people are making money, real money with these NFTs. They're, they're unique, like video clips that they, they put their imprint on it. And it's got value because there aren't more than one or two of them or whatever. Gronk is doing it. Other players are doing it. It's, it's, I'm surprised it took Brady this long. But Brady would be the perfect guy for this because he's got so many iconic videos that he can, or, or photos that he can make non-fungible tokens. But they're, but, they're publicly, but they're publicly accessible. That's what I don't get. Is like so if the the number one thing that happened, which kind of took this thing to the moon to some extent, was Jack Dorsey sold his first ever tweet right for a, right. with a million dollars or over a million, whatever it may be. But can I? access that right now and just look at like how is it good question i, I, you, know, I you can you can but you can't own it yes um uh it's i mean just look at certain clips like a classic lebron james dunk command various prices depending on rarity and they all come in nft format so whatever brady's got lots of iconic photographs or moments 
you can look at it, but you don't own it. Someone else owns it. They buy it and the value goes up and they sell it. And it's just a whole new world. It's very confusing. And I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad Tom Brady needed another income, you know, source, he another did. revenue stream. Yep. And it's about time. Brady, I think is going to be able to, uh, you know, afford that, uh, you know, that next boat because yeah. he's got, he's going to make some money off this. Be, by um, the way, be careful with this stuff because uh, remember yesterday you were talking about how people care about owning, you know, like Hunter Biden, you should care about what happened to your laptop or your cell right. phone. So uh, I own some crypto stuff, had it on mm-hmm. a, had it on an external hard drive. My external hard drive crashed two weeks ago and uh, it's gone. Like it's, it's all, it's us all gone. <laughs> like, you are just one of those people that loses stuff, aren't you? You're no, one of those no, no, no. Yes, this, you are. No, no, no. This you is lost your laptop. Life. No, I didn't lose my, I lost my hard drive. Crap. You told me you lost your laptop yesterday. You lost my past oh, to the Legacy Club. You lost your past to the Legacy Club. I've already been Club. through the past. I'll defend that. I'll defend the wall on that. This was my hard drive, like full, got full. I didn't lose my laptop. I said my hard drive. And they, you know, they want to get, they want me to pay like three grand to get it back, which I got to see what the crypto's worth. It might be worth it. So I don't know. It all crashed, but be well, careful. Good luck. Man. I don't think I'm going to get into to this one. feels like Brady's NFTs are going to be out of my price range. I'm thinking maybe some, you know, stumble, some long snapper puts out an NFT. I'll consider making a bid. It's a good play. But uh, good luck to him and good. And congratulations to Michael Strahan landing the big interview again with a guy he's in business with Tom Brady and Strahan are in business together. So Strahan lands the uh, exclusive interview. Um, we're still waiting Boy, a couple of big, big uh, interviews yesterday. I will say um, the Deshaun Watson victims. I told you this was going to get worse as soon as they go into detail. Now they didn't go into that much detail, but enough Two victims, two plaintiffs, um, spoke yesterday, I believe, and they talked about um, what Deshaun Watson did in general terms. They were emotional. It was moving. It is amazing how fast this has gotten out of control for Deshaun Watson, a guy three weeks ago who was on the trade market, and, you, and the whole idea was that you couldn't give enough. He was so good, so valuable, so young, that it would take everything to pry him out of Texas, uh, out of Houston. Um, a, no one would want him now. B, the Texans would uh, would love to trade him, but they can't. And see, he ain't playing in September. He's getting suspended. It's already in the works. I'm going to guess the commissioner has already got it on his desk. He's getting suspended. If if nothing changes right now, if all we got is a couple of masseuses giving their story, he's getting four, six, eight games. He's not starting the season, and he's never getting out from under this cloud. He could be, you know, like Roethlisberger had that that scandal when he was you know went in the women's room and forced himself on the on the, a woman and he never he got suspended i think it went it was six games lower to four or eight lower to six whatever it was and he you know he will always be that guy who did that to that scumbag who did that no matter how long he plays deshaun watson will live with this forever and we're just getting started there are now 22 women suing him two have talked and you no longer have to use just use your imagination to picture the women and what he was um, doing to make them so uncomfortable. They are now telling their stories. Do we have either of these women? Yep. Dave? Yep. Uh, I mean, do we have their names? We have. Uh, we got the the one that was mostly out there yesterday is Ashley Solis. So here's Ashley Solis. I am a survivor of assault and harassment. 
LaShawn Watson is my assaulter and my harasser. LaShawn Watson assaulted and harassed me on March 30th, 2020 in my own home, doing what I love most, massage therapy. It goes, it goes on for a while, but she's pretty, uh, you know, obviously pretty emotional. That's number one. There are 21 others as of today, at least. In fact, the one we heard from last week who talked to Sports Illustrated hadn't even joined the suit yet. The one telling, talking about how he would move his you know, wiener around and, you know, when she was working his, his thighs and he'd like, you know, slap whatever but, you know it all, who's covering the story? stuff who's covering the story it's it's like nowhere to be found you know i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess it's pretty big in houston just gonna guess in houston you know rusty harden versus busby is a pretty big deal but do you have the other woman is this a yeah. spokesman or is this the woman herself because I, I she makes a pretty disgusting accusation that i'm saying i'm just gonna guess that if this is one of his things we're going to hear other women uh, bring this up, and that ain't going to go well for uh, Deshaun. That I minded, and as I attempted to start the session, you clearly directed me away from a therapeutic glute massage toward your anus. Every boundary from professional and therapeutic to sexual and degrading, you crossed or attempted to cross. You insisted that I not use my knuckles or forearms, but that I use my fingers for digital stimulation which is an ethical violation of massage practice when working in the gluteal area. <laughs> uh, it's what I said last week. We're going to get details from these women and they're just getting started. And he, she direct, he directed her toward his anus. <sighs> Man, I don't even want to think about that, which what he was asking this poor woman to do with her fingers. But Deshaun Watson is a creep and is, he's getting, I don't know what the police are going to do about it, but the commissioner is going to take action. He's looking at you know half a season right now, and it's just getting started. Ashley, but, the first clip we just played, Ashley, I believe is the exact example, because I think um, Rusty Harden responded to this last night. She is the one that was requesting $100,000 a couple months ago. Okay, and, question. And, you, yeah. you know, serious question. So what? What's yep. wrong? I mean, if Nothing. a guy did that, a rich guy who's got this you know, privilege, who thinks he can do these things, did that and you're upset i mean why wouldn't you demand something i mean i, I it, 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 if she went to the cops you know that's all well and good it's a huge story as soon as that happens but if if you know she thinks what he did to her made her suffer she is worth some kind of remuneration then let's talk i mean if if she demanded yeah, money, I, I guess, I guess good, it's just she deserves it correct she does but it's just to point out because it, it is in her statement yesterday, she said, this is not about money. Well, it appears that money was requested from you three months ago. You know, well, so if I'm, I'm did, not offense. I'm just saying. If he did what she said he did, if he did what she is alleging, then she deserves it. And that yeah. doesn't make it false. I mean, you don't say she wanted money. Yeah, she wanted money. But here's what he did. And what happens, uh, Rusty Harden, if number three, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, make the same or similar allegations? then they, that is a really bad look for your guy. And it doesn't matter how much money they're demanding. They can't all get together and make up these bizarre little fetishes your guy has. It's just going to get bad. It's going to go from bad to worse. Speaking of which, speaking of bizarre little fetishes, we got to, before we go, we got to mention our guy Hunter Biden. I think we should update, have an update or an excerpt 
from Hunter Biden every day because I was looking to see if he did more interviews after he did the CBS. And we talked about it a lot yesterday and played some of the cuts with CBS, some of the bizarre talk about uh, smoking Parmesan cheese, which kind of went viral and made him a joke, which uh, which is good. But this didn't even uh, really register for the first day or two. Um, um, this uh, excerpt, it's in his book. It wasn't in an interview, but uh, the Washington Examiner has a, a little excerpt from Hunter's book called Beautiful Things, which he, which is full of lies, which is full of just uh, sleaze. As I said yesterday, he doesn't denies the existence of his child that he had with the stripper, the baby he had with the stripper, which she proved was his. He doesn't even count her when he's talking about his children in the book. And by the way, neither does his father. Joe Biden, the president, doesn't even include this poor kid that uh, that is the result of a, of a relationship between Hunter Biden and the stripper from Arkansas. This poor child's existence is denied by the president, which is despicable. You know, it's not the kid's fault, Joe. I think you should uh, show some uh, dig some respect to this child. Anyway, this from uh, the book, and it slipped through the cracks. The first couple of reviews I saw, first couple of stories. I'll just I'll just give it a read. President Joe Biden's son Hunter tried everything to wean himself off alcohol and crack, from yoga and therapy to psychoactive drugs and anesthetic ketamine. <clears throat> In his new memoir, he credits the secretions of the Sonoran Desert Toad with keeping him sober for a year. Now, I read a lot about people drunk and, you know, addiction stories and, you know, talked about them on the air many, many times. Addicts trying to get clean, going through program, AA, hospitalization, whatever. Yoga, running. I read a lot of stories about ultra marathoners and, you know, Ironman triathloners, many of whom are running from their demons who are former alcoholics and drug addicts who turn to running or triathlons. I have never heard of the solution being found in the secretions of the Sonoran Desert Toad. He describes traveling to Mexico in 2014 as his marriage was unraveling. Could have been the drugs and the alcohol, or it could have been the fact that he was banging his brother's widow, but and spending all their money on strippers and drugs. But his marriage was unraveling. In a desperate attempt to get his life back in order, he used drug treatments that were not legal in the United States. First, he was given this ibogaine, a psychedelic derived from plants at a clinic. Um, then at a beach house, a nurse administered therapy using toad secretions, which are believed to, by its fans to ease depression and heal the scars of trauma and addiction. It was a profound experience, he says. It connected me in a vividly renewed way to everyone in my life, living or dead. Talks about how it connected him with his dead sister who died when he was two, and his mother died when he was two in a car crash, of course. I felt as though I was seeing all of existence at once and as one. Jesus. Sounds like he was tripping, like he was doing acid. <laughs> yeah, but it, shit, it sounds like it works because Mike Tyson did it. So he's, That's right. Mike Tyson did it. I'm not sure why it's illegal. But, um, so now the guy who was smoking Parmesan cheese was injecting toad secretions. 
And it worked for a while. Let's be honest. Didn't work permanently because he's a mess now. And I think not in a in not too distant future, we're going to find out that oh, Hunter, old Hunter fell off the wagon. And, uh, and you know, the pressure of the book tour or the pressure of his father being in the White House was just too much. And he's back in rehab. I believe the latest rehab number was seven or eight times he's been in rehab. So none of them has completely worked, not even the toad secretions, but I, you know, I like to learn new things and Hunter taught me something new. Maybe that's was, did you ever see the movie with Jim Carrey playing uh, Andy Kaufman? Yes. He's trying to beat cancer and he goes to Mexico for some bizarre treatment because it wasn't legal in the U S it obviously didn't work, but uh, I don't think it involved toad secretions, toad venom, toad venom is now a way to stay sober and it worked for a year, but didn't take permanently. But, uh, Anyway, we'll keep we'll keep uh, looking. We'll keep reading Hunter because I don't think uh, he's going to let us down on this book tour. It's going to get cr- a little a little crazy, a little weird, a little wacky. And the other book, by the way, we got to get the author of this on uh, Div- Miranda Devine, uh, who wrote "The Laptop from Hell: Hunter Biden, Big Tech, and the Dirty Secrets the President Tried to Hide." Now that sounds like a good read. And uh, a great picture on the cover of Angry Hunter with a cigarette in his mouth. That sounds like a much better and more honest read than uh, than Beautiful Things by by, by Hunter. That, Biden. that cover looks like a confident man, by the way. That's a confident. It's true. That looks. Not, not uh, yeah. the interviews. Or a, and you know what? I don't know how many more pictures she has in the book, but she had access to the laptop, and there are some bizarre pictures some real incriminating pictures. So I think that book, and I don't know if she'll go on a tour, she'll get any help. It's Simon and Schuster, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it is Simon and Schuster publishing it. Um, but if she gets any pub at all, any buzz at all, this book is going to be, uh, is going to sell and it's going to be good. And it's kind of, you know, uh, kind of a rebuttal to Hunter's book, which I have no doubt is full of lies, but anyway, uh, we shall leave it there. Thanks to, DCU and Ally Piving and Shake Concrete. Thanks to everybody for listening. Did I uh, did I miss anything important, Cullinane? Can I go back to you said in the beginning of the show you talked about that you think ratings might be high because the Masters standing their ground a little bit, or we assume they are. And you were asking, I don't remember when the when the most uh, highly rated Masters was. I went back at least to 1995. The 1997 Masters, Tiger Woods won. 20.3 20.3 million people tuned in for that. Wow. In, in contrast, by the way, last year, 10 million people saw Dustin Johnson win the uh, Masters. Last, last year was weird. It was in November. Obviously, yeah. it was in football season, so that's tough, and it was an odd, you know, everything was strange. It was yeah. COVID. I but think it was going to have between those two. But I was going to ask you, because like Minahan has like a crazy encyclopedic memory with this shit. 1997, Tiger won by like 12 strokes. Yeah. What was so enticing from a viewership, Tiger is one is the greatest ratings magnet in sports. Yeah. He really is. If he's involved, it's you know the the difference is uh, exponential. Insane. From you know if he's not, and obviously he's not involved this year. It's too bad because he won the last time. It was in the spring. You know, Tiger won what whatever that is two years ago, which was an amazing accomplishment. That rating had to be good. He's not here. It hurts, but there's some decent guy. I mean, people love to watch Bryson DeChambeau now. He's kind of changed the game, and yep. people love Jordan Speed. Dustin Johnson's, you know, not a not a too much. I mean, he's a bore as a guy, but as a player, he's kind of fun to watch. I think the, obviously there's no competition with football. People aren't getting into baseball. 
Uh, I don't know what will be going against on uh, on Sunday, but if it's close, I'll be watching every every minute. And like I always say, they don't have many commercials, so it gets seductive. You get hooked and you can't stop watching. So yep. the ratings will be good. They won't be the same without Tiger, but you know, it'd be cool if he showed up. If he showed up on crutches or in a wheelchair and just kind of watched. That would be that just him and him sitting there. No, I don't think so. Maybe like a maybe like a Zoom, like they asked him to do a Zoom. Yeah, something like that. If he met, shows up on Zoom, says have a good tournament, guys, or something, you know, because he's still the biggest star in golf, and everyone's still wondering if he'll ever come back. I don't think it's going to be. I don't. You know what? I don't think it's possible for him to come back for his injuries. Which, by the way, they've already decided the cause of the accident: just excess good. speed. Yeah. In case you were wondering, excess speed for Tiger, who was late for tea time. No shock there, but uh, no charges filed, but excess speed. Yep. Um, well, if, you're, if you're a golf fan like us out there, the action starts with the big big name groupings start around 10 a.m. tomorrow. Bubba Watson kicks it off. Dustin Johnson at 10.30 tomorrow morning. Bubba Watson has won twice, and the course is made for him. So he yeah. might contend again, even though he's not – I think he's not even in the top 50 anymore. But he might contend because he's very comfortable at Augusta. But we'll see how many big names, big stars are on the leaderboard. That matters more than anything, and if the weather holds up and there's nothing else going against it, I know I'll be watching, um, and so will a lot of people, just to kind of give the two two middle fingers to corporate America, because the Masters, as I said, will never bow, and that is reassuring in this day and age when everybody, including United Airlines, who, hey, you know, give them credit, they're going to make sure half their pilots fill some quota, and you know, that's important. When I'm you know, when I'm in, sitting in a plane going through turbulence, I want that to know my pilot looks like America. God help us. Anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be watching the fallout from that, and we'll be keeping track of it because there's going to be someone else tomorrow saying something just as nuts. It's the way of the world these days. But we will leave it there. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. This is Denny Somak, host of The Rock Podcast. I'm a producer, author, and rock historian, and I want to share with you some of the greatest stories in rock and roll. Well, Bonzo was the best hard rock drummer ever, hands down. I mean, no one comes within a mile of him. And I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. John Lennon had this wise guy look on his face, just like me and my friends were just a bunch of wise guys, street kids. The first guitar I ever had was a um, Spanish guitar, and I couldn't really get the hang of it. I was only 13. I had never written a song before, actually, and... Uh, so Jim says, okay, everybody go home and write some songs, you know. And so I went, went home and wrote Light My Fire. Join me for The Rock Podcast, the only podcast that matters. From Podcast One or wherever you get yours. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com.